0: What's up, everybody? Cody's here. I'm here. EC Sinkowski. L4. We kick Fern out. Now, Fern will be here in a couple of minutes. He's he's got some business calls to attend to.
1: Oh, <gasps>
2: um,
0: <laughs> one of those.
1: Is that one of one of these, huh?
0: No, no, no. For real, he does. Marcus was gonna take it, and then Fern is on Fern is very different than me. I don't like to be involved on any call. I don't have to be. Fern enjoys getting on all of the all the calls. I appreciate that, Nick. Um starting early. Are we starting early?
1: I mean, it's it's listed for 315, so technically, yeah, like we're we're a little bit early.
0: Oh, already, you're right. Corey gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Cody was wondering if anybody because I don't know anything about Pokemon, but I know I know that.
1: Um uh, there was a period I'm
0: of time a... like people were really catching Pokemon. Was that true?
1: I mean Pokemon Go.
0: Yeah, was is that still around?
1: Uh, i think so not as big as it was there for a little while but yeah Did you do that
2: ac where you catching pokemon no but that's why i think i know the the logo yeah i remember mm-hmm. i was working a seminar
0: with greg martino and we were driving and he was like pull over
1: and I, yeah, like, I gotta catch this Zubat.
0: i was like what are you talking about he's like i got it i know he's like running around with his phone and i was like you're an adult you're an adult you should not this is for kids no, so it's Phil,
1: It it expands multiple generations
0: I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> everything's coming back. A lot of like retro stuff. EC, what? Well, tell us about your childhood. EC. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't know anything about your childhood. I only know. Oh,
2: EC man. As Maybe an I. What when does it unique... start? 415? I'll sign back up. <laughs> <laughs> what, tell us some unique things about the EC
0: uh, childhood experience.
2: I think this is the one I always say. So this one you actually probably do know, but it's always the one where people are like, really? Um, And I did share it on podcast recently. I did synchronize swimming for eight years. Oh yeah, I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) So how long can you hold your
2: breath? Used to be a while. Now, not so much. Turns out if you, you know, you don't use it, you lose it. So that was a lot. When you, you, like nowadays,
0: a lot of people do Wim Hof. Mm. And I think you can easily get to two or three minutes of
2: a breath hold, Mm. but you probably just like, that's a yeah. long time. I don't know that I have had that. You know, I'm sure I had a minute, minute plus. But you know, some of this stuff, you, we were also younger, so it wasn't the professional level that you see on the Olympics.
0: <laughs> but you must. I know that's
2: surprising, right? I wasn't does, an Olympic. Like what?
0: What caused your? Like I would never think to get Madison into synchronized yeah. swimming. Like swimming, yes. So what? Did what were your parents synchronized swimmers? Is that how they met? <laughs>
2: long lineage no um it was just at my community pool there was five sisters who did it in college and so they started a program and it was it was pretty cool it probably ended up having you know 60 to 80 kids in the summer and we would go every morning for four hours in practice so it was it was relatively intense for like you know sixth grade
0: did you have ambitions of doing that in college
2: no come on
0: what? no what okay before, i have a couple more questions but yeah. for the record um robbie philip All you guys, my DMs were full yesterday. Something these guys, Cody, must have a private chat somewhere, talking about Trish and me. So Trish is a is a uh, listener. Mm -hmm. She just said hi to you, by the way. Oh,
2: cool! Hi, Trish. Um,
0: I know you know. um, No one knows her or him. We're not. No one knows them. Okay. Um, But there's like stories about her. (laughs) <laughs> and, okay. and these guys were all like hitting me up at the same time so I was like something's happening and um she loves when you were on the Lynchpin conversations
2: oh cool that was is that with
0: Pat Sherwood yeah. recently
2: yeah
0: um so anyway we are very happy that Phil and Rob and Trish and everyone watches but I'm I'm still learning I'm still trying to understand this so
2: okay oh well, I definitely don't know so you're gonna uh, be the lead on this one
0: <laughs> so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out but it, it's great to have them it is is maybe I am Trish it's great t- Let's learn a little bit more. I'm assuming you were very studious. You got Mm, good grades.
2: Yeah, I did tend to do that school thing. How well did you do?
0: Were you valedictorian?
2: I don't think so. I think I was like fourth or something in my class.
0: Wow. Uh, Public school?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Any sports in high school? What did you do? Lacrosse
2: was my main sport. So I'm from Maryland. So um... That's
0: John Hopkins, no?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Did you, were you going to play there? Are you trying to read the chat? Don't read the chat.
2: I know. Cause I'm wondering yeah, if it's my chat. It's like, <laughs> but it's like
0: Pandora's box. Um, You did Matt's first seminar in 2001. I'm loving this. What a cool guest. We don't get, we did have Teffy on last. Oh, that's awesome. Teffy. They love Teffy, um, but you're old school and all these guys go on Savan's podcast and coach was on there recently. So oh, know, cool. lots of stuff going on in the CrossFit
2: space. Are you keeping up to date? I am not actually, which, um, yeah. So tell me, I don't even know what's going on. I feel like I'm trying to just do my own stuff and I can't keep pace on what everything else is going on. Well, there were some I'm going to be at the games though. I'm pretty excited about that.
0: Are you, do I have to put my headphones on, Cody? Oh, man. As soon as I put these on, these guys make fun of me. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah,
1: It's because they're oh, huge. Here you go. Here we well, go, while, guys. Look, while he's doing that, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, one, Nick, I'm going to reach out to you um oh, yeah i i've got i've got a proposition for you nick p and, nick and, Glass, boucher. and who uh, boucher boucher yeah i don't think Boucher's in here right now um Can you what it is no not yet no no it's really cool you we know, gotta, gotta, gotta be gotta excited keep, gotta keep it under wraps over here um but also if you are here and you're in the chat make sure you drop uh team ackerman or team fern since fern's not here you oh know, really? Touch, is that why they like, keep seeing this? Yeah, that's why that's why Ackerman's gonna get the points for today. But if you want a chance to win, we are doing the best hour only fans giveaway, which is only for our fans. And like, part of like that you. part of that means you have got to be in the live streams and uh, and drop a drop a team Ackerman or team fern. So
0: well it's only Ackerman. so far. You see, is cauliflower ear. part of the eight hundred gram challenge? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's kinda gross. Hard line uh, at that, yeah. 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 I've been draining it. It's. it's I was gonna a say you must have had it. that
2: in co- with wrestling already.
0: Yeah. Well, my other ear is already gross, yeah. and then this one has been swelling. But I've been draining the blood out of it. These are magnets just to keep it compressed.
2: Good for <laughs> it's not as it's <laughs> not as dangerous. As <laughs> so, you know? That's right. All um,
0: right. right. <laughs> so we do have you have to down, Yeah. All go back. EC. Um, <laughs> slide that was she a lot of people like, oh, <laughs> uh you're you're all over the old journey oh but anyway about the CrossFit, there there's a lot of firings last mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah the restructuring. Uh, okay I, I did see that in morning chalk up chalk up. i don't
0: know i think you know it's it's sad because a lot of those people are your friends my you know my friends and your friends but i also think it's probably fairly typical in business mm. yeah you're firing a lot of people at optimize me <laughs> it's
2: a pretty short list. So I don't know how many how much would we keep going on after that? Yeah.
0: Well, a couple more questions. So fourth, and then where'd you go to college?
2: University of Maryland college park for my bachelor's and first master's. Yeah.
0: And then how many masters do you have now? Three, two, two. (laughs) Um, But you, anything, anything else unique
2: about it? What are some of the, uh,
0: what was your, what was the first car EC drove?
2: Oh, that's a fun one. A, a Jeep Wrangler. Oh,
0: that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. In, in high school? Yeah. I mean, it was my dad's old, like, you know, didn't work water under the puddles when it rained, but that's what you that's, get when you're 16. So it was perfect. Very cool. <laughs> very cool. Um. All right. So let's, let's dig in a little bit. You guys all know EC from
0: Optimize Me. In the comments, who's done the 800 gram challenge? Let's see who's done. Um. I have one master's odd. And is odd the one that was messaging me about only being I took a picture Cody that it looked like I was only a torso like that I didn't have legs I
1: don't, I don't it, know what you're talking it, about
0: It actually didn't look like I it looked like I did <laughs> not have legs the way I was positioned yeah. and odd was a uh, concerned that I didn't have legs
1: Philosophical okay. question or, or or maybe not but a question for both of you you both well, have
0: doing grams.
1: You 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 both have uh, master's degrees right didn't isn't, isn't oh. that what you just said Yes do you do you st- if you had to go back to do it again, would you go back and do it again, or would you have taken a different path now, knowing what you know now about the education and where I'll tell you, where you are and where you ended up? Would you go back and do it again?
0: It you know that's an interesting topic, and actually, uh, Coach Glassman was talking quite a bit about that today, and I agree with him. I'm, I would not. I, here's the thing. I would think, I think, secondary education is valuable, and it's hard to say like. I don't use my psych degree cuz I don't think you go to school and like it's only about the knowledge it's your experience it's like you start something you finish it 4 years later you know um you know the friends you meet etc my degree as well as my master's degree do not really have a direct impact on my career if that makes sense and no. my goal is to homeschool my, do- you know, we have a kid on the way, you know, I say that now. So, <laughs> uh, you know, cause everything Greg is saying about homeschooling to me is what I like about it. Two to three hours a day condensed. His kids have jumped like two or three years. You know, I think, I think schooling is somewhat of a waste, not a waste of time. It's not, um, optimized if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, that, that's part of it. Yeah. What about, what about, I mean, I, I would guess for you, you use a lot more of your degree than I do.
2: Yeah, I mean, my first one, maybe not, but I did learn a lot about research that is helpful, even to this day, to do an original research in terms of science with lab techniques. I mean, you have to understand that to be able to interpret research and limitations of it, I think. I think it gives you another insight into that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's kind of that same thing. I think you pick up a lot of stuff regardless, and it's really hard to kind of Monday morning quarterback, like, would you have gotten to the next step based on all of those other things And certainly for my licensure to be a licensed nutritionist, I did need to go through that program. So, you know, did I think the program taught me everything I needed to know? No, but as a stepping stone, it certainly is a a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Cody?
1: I've always said that the best thing that I learned, the most important thing that I learned in college is that I like to teach and help others. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't learn. I don't feel like I actually learned anything that was... Um, material wise that I could take away from it. What I found was I like to be the person that is simplifying something and teaching it to someone else. And you know, that, that led me to where I am, but I wouldn't have learned that if I wasn't inside of a library hosting study sessions for organic chemistry you did no, organic it's...
2: organic chemistry? Oh my gosh, that was my favorite in college, Cody. You, that was your was a... favorite, EC? I was a TA, and, yeah. For, for
1: Organic chemistry? Yeah,
0: yeah how, I was a that TA That is as the well. reason that I coach CrossFit and I not a doctor today, <laughs> <laughs> is organic. Chem- I remember, I was like, my brain does not understand this. I was just like, this is not working. I'm done yeah. trying to be a doctor. I'm going to have to get a PhD. I'm going to have to get an L4 and consider myself a doctor. So I was with, you know, Chris McDonald, EC? Yeah. I was working. We worked in a prison a couple weeks ago, and he was like, "Oh, congrats on your doctorate!" And I was like, "What is he talking about?" And then I was like, "He's like on your podcast." It said, "Dr. Ackerman." And I was like, "Oh, that's not real. That is not real."
2: You know what? How did you, how did that come about that you became a TA? Just did well uh, undergrad and wanted to do it and applied and got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Then-
2: I,
0: you know, and I think, like UC said, it's hard to like. You're not just taking away the knowledge you learned. Mm. It's like your interactions, your growth. I mean, you grow as a human. Those are like formative years, right?
2: Yeah. Um, so, all right.
0: You're an L four, by the way, right? EC?
2: Oh yeah, I probably should change my bio, right? Yeah, you should. I'm level four. <laughs> um, UC, do you watch Ted Lasso? No. What's your
0: should What's I? your current go? Like, what you, What's EC's uh? Oh, Net gosh, I
2: really have gotten sucked into on YouTube camping with Steve. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just found that. I watch him every night to fall asleep. Isn't it great? He's so
1: relaxing.
2: It's amazing. And I've never oh. camped in my life. And I'm like, Same. I'm to this, a stealth, this stealth camping. <laughs> he's Cody, he's a stealth camper. He'll be like,
0: I'm going to. And he's like camps uh. like in these like outside of a police station in a roundabout. But he's always like afraid he's going to get caught
2: it's amazing
0: Um, and he's just he's like he's a canadian guy super like he puts you to sleep it's like it's like meditation
2: it's awesome
0: anybody in the chat watch him he's really (laughs) he's it's so funny you said that because i don't it popped up and like every night i'm just like all right where's he camping tonight totally he makes a meal and is like yeah which is which is one you've watched recently
2: Oh, God. I, I mean, I watch him now. It's the new ones. I feel like I've caught up on all of the old stuff. Did you watch his super old documentary, which actually got him started boondocking? It's like six years ago. Or
0: Is it on his YouTube channel?
2: Yeah. Search Steve mm-hmm. Wallace boondocking. It's kind of what he wanted to do before camping with Steve. It's like right. making I'll... his official documentaries. Anyway, we are nowhere near nutrition in the level well, two. <laughs> well, can, we can reel that in.
0: I mean, he makes... It's, it's interesting, see, because you watch him cook. Yeah, this guy. I watched... Um, the luxury u-haul was cool he turned that u-haul into like a really like nice little spot i usually watch like half because i literally fall asleep asleep to it and then start a new one um i think i I believe his wife passed away so she did
2: about six months ago yeah yeah
0: so it was like really sad um but he seems like such a nice guy um but interesting because i think everyone on everyone on the uh chat would uh, understand this it's like you meet with your family and they know nutrition. Mm. Like you hear this guy talk, he's like, this is healthy. Where do you th- where does that come from in your estimation when people are like, this is healthy, this is not healthy?
2: Mm. Yeah, I think because we all do it and we all do it so much, right? I mean, it allows everyone to be an expert which I think lends to some of the confusion. Um, we need it, it's around us constantly, we all do it. And so we develop our own kind of you know, quasi expertise in some levels, yeah.
0: What's the biggest? Have you ever argued with your family about nutrition?
2: Mm, I try not to talk about nutrition at all. <laughs> I really, even anywhere, I, I prefer not to. It's, you know, Greg always used to talk about it in terms of like, um, you know, politics or religion, and it's very much like that. And it's only when people ask me direct questions that I talk about nutrition for sure.
0: Are you tired of talking about nutrition?
2: No, not, not at all. Not at no, all. No, I, I just... mean, you, is
0: there something you'd rather talk about?
2: Oh, um, you probably, I mean, camping with Steve's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> could,
0: we could have a whole episode on that. Um, yeah, is this,
2: I, let's talk about fun YouTube channels. No, I love it as a profession. Um, but you know, it's like everything in your profession. Sometimes it's, you don't always want to be on with it. And nutrition is one of those things that it's kind of always on because everyone always eats and everyone's always read the recent article. And so sometimes it's like, OK, I didn't want to talk about nutrition at the party. But now, because people know that this is my thing, they're going to talk about nutrition, right? That's OK, yeah, though. It, it's how we relate to people.
0: It, 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 I know. Sorry about the earmuffs. I will get uh, <laughs> earbuds. It's, it's, it's interesting because I've been on quite a few podcasts. And you can see why Like, not that you and I are like these famous people on millions of podcasts. Um, we can ask, have you ever used Corningware? Trish I don't know? know what that is. It's some sort of, Tupperware. No. Oh, Isn't like a cookware. I don't know. You see, from what I see, <laughs> is very simple with their cooking. With their cooking, lots of bananas. People
2: <laughs> um, are like, this nutrient <laughs> She's a nutritionist. <laughs> what does <is> she eat?
0: <laughs> no, but you know, I can understand why people get tired of talking about like the same things. They go on a publicity tour because I go on a podcast, you go on a podcast, and it's like the same questions. Mm. So, what excites you these days about nutrition?
2: I really do enjoy running my masterclass, and while people are working through the program with me, and this isn't meant to be a plug for it, but no, that blood, is something that away. I think—that's what you're here for. I think that you know, is there's a little bit too much in the nutrition space. It's so much talking about what to do theoretically, and this is why I love CrossFit. The magic is in doing. The actual workouts, we get benefit by going to the affiliate and doing the pull-ups and the squats, not theorizing about, you know, um, I don't know, the glycolytic pathway or whatever, right? And so I think if anything, that's what gets a little bit frustrating. I mean, certainly I like to put out good content, and I'm, I'm happy and thrilled that people are, re- you know, resonates with people and it helps people. But I love my masterclass because now we're putting pen to paper. We're doing like a 10-week program together. We're really going to look at your diet in a detailed way and so that you can understand it and stop sort of trying to think about, well, this person said this on this podcast and this person said this and said, like, let's implement it. Let's implement it and do the damn thing, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think it's silly, you know, somebody said, uh, Odd said, a nutritionist that hates eating and hates talking about nutrition. <laughs> if, for those of you in the chat, I mean, we do have... An expert on nutrition on here. If you have questions for her, ask away. But uh, one thing I like about what you do is how simple you keep it, and that's the mm-hmm. beauty of the 800 gram challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's n- no matter what diet you're on, mm-hmm. you can eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables. Yeah, of well, rib eye.
2: carnivore, but yes, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you could do. I think I think carnivore with 800 grams. I mean, that's essentially paleo, right? right it would be uh would be fantastic What's yeah. get, what's your are you on a computer or or a uh, phone right now a computer are you near your refrigerator
2: mm, eh. <laughs> not really uh, uh, i want to oh. see
0: what's in want to see what's in refrigerator
2: go on my Instagram. Like you, it was on the last 2 days or yeah, so ago i
0: feel like you go shopping every day no, no, because you. I mean, and you kind of have to with 800 grams,
2: no? Yeah, I mean, definitely not. But I show what I eat pretty regularly, partially because I think there's that's one of the biggest hurdles in nutrition is everyone thinks their meal has to be ready for Instagram, and it's like, no, no, no you just put together a couple things, and that's a meal, and it could just be sausage links and apple and you know bell peppers. We're done. We don't we don't need to like make 16 different ingredient stews. Um, and so I try to show that as much as possible, and also show that yes, I eat. Cereal. I know. So I I posted cereal in my stories, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, that's a kid food." And I'm like, "What? What is?" There's all these weird beliefs about food, and so I try to go. show just, yeah, I eat protein bars, I eat cereal, I eat fruits and veggies, you Cheerios. Um, is that yeah. Cheerios? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, oh,
1: I see a Diet Coke right there too. Diet
2: Coke, some cinnamon <laughs> bread.
0: Yeah. I almost the Diet Coke out of the fridge um, for the show. <laughs> you know, I think so much of our beliefs about nutrition are formed when we're young. Mm. I I realized I've been digging in deep into myself like we did in lifted which is mindset stuff and I'm realizing how much of an impact your your parents have and your friends mm. on your childhood and I vividly remember one day I was wrestling thinking I'm eating well and my mom was like I had two bananas and she was like you, that's you can't have two bananas like and to this day like I I rarely eat the same food twice in a day mm-hmm and I'm like, oh, this is absurd that I think that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Meanwhile, I'll eat eight cookies. Like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. it's not like I'm not eating multiple things, but it's like if I had a bagel for, in the morning, like, well, I can't have another one of those. Right. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing, but it's, it's, it's true how just like your, your upbringing impacts it. What was your upbringing like nutritionally?
2: Yeah. Um, Pretty much like whole foods at dinner, sit down dinner type of stuff. Um, I think it was pretty good. There, There's actually a couple rules that my mom had that I really liked. I, well, maybe not a couple, but the one that I primarily remember is that we only could eat food in the kitchen, which I think sounds strict, but it helps you kind of set the idea of like, I should eat meals. You know, I don't need to bring a bag of whatever chocolate to the TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, i never... We never did. That's funny. And I try not to do that either. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That wasn't for you. That was for Cody. Mm-hmm. Something's mm-hmm. getting picked up on us. His... Do you have a large dog moving around? Or oh, maybe that's your dog. You have a dog now, EC, right No? Yeah,
2: but at daycare.
0: Your, your dog.
2: Some days. Is that doggy not, daycare? not every day. It's...
0: No, I think that's great. I used to send my dogs to daycare. and They'd come back exhausted. <laughs> exactly. Right. People want to know. Top three cereals, EC.
2: Mm. Oh, uh, top three in terms of what I like or what I buy. um Those you know, different. do both. Do the yeah. most. Like, if if if
0: nutrition wasn't important, what three yeah. cereals would you be eating? And oh yeah, Lucky Charms,
2: buy- Cocoa Puffs, and um probably probably just those two. Pro- oh yeah, no those um
0: cinnamon toast crunch.
2: No, those like oatmeal squares things that are delicious oh yeah what are those
0: those are yeah those are i don't know what i don't purposely buy those but i know you're Uh talking about yeah Yeah. so those yeah and then what do you what's your like on the rotation
2: uh like cheerios rice krispies and like bran flakes or whatever but okay
0: this is a nutrition question yeah if we were to line up your cheerios and uh lucky Charms side by side cocoa puffs the 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 breakdown isn't that different. Correct. So why so why
2: Cheerios over Lucky Charms or or I think bucks? the tendency to eat more. I think it's you know, that's it's good. easier to call it after a bowl of Cheerios and then after you have one of Lucky Charms you're like, well, that was good. What else to eat, you know? So It does yeah, you don't feel like you always want more. Yeah, anything with sugar you tend to want more, so Not that that's oh. bad. It's just that it's in my opinion harder to control the portion sizes. Well, and I think that's a lot of nutrition and, you know, for everyone
0: watching when it comes in, I would say most people come into the box and they, if you show them lucky charms, they'd be like, I probably shouldn't eat that. And Mm -hmm. if you showed them broccoli, they'd probably say I should eat more than that. And it really comes down to, you know, the implementation of it, you know, and, and things that we don't think about like that. Well, yes. Lucky charms are not that much worse if worse Mm -hmm. at all. However, what's worse is you're going to eat four or five of those.
2: Hmm. I think that's something that people don't think about a lot in nutrition, what's the downstream effect of each of their changes. And I was actually just talking about it um, with my master class. And it's like, yeah, when you start to eat more fruits and vegetables, you also probably end up eating more whole food protein sources, because what the heck are you going to eat with these fruits and vegetables? Right. So you end up having these like just meals that look more like whole food meals. And so it's the same sort of thing with, um, you know, just like you were saying with the cereal, it's like, okay, after I eat this cereal, sure. The calories may be the same, but how does it influence my next choices? Um, and I think we forget about that a lot in nutrition. So let's, let's, um, let's break down
0: nutrition at an affiliate. Mm. You know, everyone that's watching, you can check out the 800 gram challenge. If you're an affiliate owner, Boucher, I know you're on here, Trish, I don't know if you own an affiliate or not, but all the rest of you are coaches You've got your master class if you want to mm-hmm. coach people in nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if we looked at a new member comes into the affiliate, mm-hmm. what's where do you begin?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways to go with this. Um, so hopefully you're okay with that because I, I see this going in lots of different ways, and some gyms don't really want to deal with it and. I'm okay with that too. If they don't have the service to offer, or if they're not, you know, whatever reason, I don't think it has to be part of the affiliate. I think it's a great thing to add to the affiliate and I think it can improve the results. And I think it can all really improve retention more than anything. And so I see it as a good retention tool, but I do think it is a difficult and separate business. And I think there's this idea. It's like, well, I have all these gym members and I just X dollars a month. And so I'll just make all this money on nutrition, you know, Nutrition's not that easy. It is its own separate business with its own separate challenges. So I, I would just put that out there at first that I don't think everybody needs to be running a nutrition business because it certainly does require effort. Um, but if you can, I would try to introduce something early on. I think Fern has something within his first couple intro sessions, which I think is great. And it could even be, hey, these are the five people that we really like in the space about nutrition, and and queue up, you know, your favorite podcasts on different topics, and maybe it's just an email drip for them. I think that can be fine enough for a gym that doesn't want to, you know, get highly involved in nutrition, but at least to set them off in the right direction when they walk in. So I I think that's it. Um, It can be it. And I think something else to think about, too, is, in my opinion, not everyone's ready to deal with nutrition. You know, I, I, you have to kind of wait until the person wants to do it. I mean, sure, great coaching helps but they're going to want to have to do it on their own. This is something that I'm pretty vocal about in the space that nutrition is too pervasive in our life. It's too constant. It's everywhere, 24/7. if you want it. And so there's no amount of like one hour a week touch points that I can do with somebody and make them make the change. They have to want to make the change in nutrition. And so I, I do also just like to offer that for affiliate coaches that not everybody who walks in the door, they signed up for fitness. If they went to, you know, CrossFit best hour of their day, they didn't say I'm signing up for you know, nutrition best hour of the day. Now that doesn't mean you can't offer it, but again, just some things to think about that. Again, my opinion, not everybody is ready, nor does every affiliate have to offer it, which might not be what you wanted me to say.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think, I think that's fantastic. And you're right. Fern implements it into the on-ramp. It's something that we encourage and affiliate you, you know, it, it's, it's a discussion point. Cause you know, Trish said it earlier, it's the foundation, you know, and it's funny cause as you are well aware, like, every you know, weekends at the level ones or at the affiliate people are dying for points, trying to PR. It's like, you they're not focused on the foundation. Totally. And you know, I think it has to be part of the conversation and, and I agree with you. I think there is money to be made in nutrition at the box, but I think more importantly, it's retention. It's a mm-hmm. retention tool. If people are eating better, they're going to look better. They're going to feel better. They're going to perform better.
2: Yeah. If you get, if you have some nutritional transformation, you then have just gotten so many more months on them staying with you or years, if not, right? If you get a nutrition transformation, you want to see that, in my opinion, as retention. You know, one of those affiliate summits that I saw you at, right? Um, one gym shared that somewhere a year and a half ago, I we think. We were
0: in... Um, Midwest? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Remember there was that shooting outside the... Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you
0: ate uh, cheesecake off the floor.
2: That's a stretch, but you can keep <laughs> telling that story. But one of the gyms that was there shared that, you know, they'd been walk, working three years on their nutrition program and now it's 25% of their revenue. And I think that's a very realistic number and statistic to think about, you know, um, because again, it's not just, just because you have X, you know, hundred people at your gym doesn't mean they're all going to sign up for nutrition coaching.
0: This is a, you won't know the answer to this. What's the percentage Mm. of CrossFitters that do not address, what would you you guess that to be? That's a good question.
2: Well, you know, it's going to depend, of course, what you mean by address nutrition, but I would even just take something like the USDA stats, which tell us that 80% of people aren't eating enough fruit and 90% of people aren't eating enough vegetables. And I would say that's the same for CrossFitters. So right there, you could say that 80% of people are lacking in a good aspect of their nutritional component. Yeah. And I find that's Mm -hmm. true with people who sign up for challenges, for people that sign up for my masterclass. Um, People can be eating an okay amount of fruits and vegetables or however you want to say it. I don't like the word clean, but have a cleaner diet. Um, And once you take, again, pen to paper, you find out that it's not quite what we thought it was.
0: Speaking of challenges, Mm. uh, PK wants to know, Mm. what does EC think of nutrition challenge? How many times have you been asked this question?
2: A couple. That's okay,
0: though. Or, Or even... You know, first of all, I I believe the best nutrition out there for affiliates is the 800 gram challenge. Mm, So go check that out. But um, what do you what do you think of affiliates offering that or or doing something with a partner?
2: Yeah, I think both are great. You know, I think there's a lot of dogma in the space. I've seen it a lot. You know, nutrition challenges are old school or they're they're terrible because after 30 days, people just go off the rails and do whatever. Um. You know, a couple things. First of all, I would try to pick a challenge that's trying to reinforce behaviors that you'd like people to keep going. Um, this doesn't mean never do a no sugar challenge, but for the most part, I would probably pick something like the 800 gram challenge or like my lazy macros. Because the idea isn't at 30 days we just say, oh heck with it. Now I'm going to go back to the cheesecake diet. It's okay. We did this habit together for four days, uh, four weeks. Let's go ahead and continue it now that I've you know developed all this knowledge and habit already. So I think, especially when the nutrition challenge is focused on something that you want them to do long-term, it can be be quite beneficial. As for the idea that people are going to fall off at the end of four weeks, it's like, welcome to nutrition. I mean, if you think you're going to do one, <laughs> one perfectly designed challenge and everyone's going to ride off into the sunset of like nutrition bliss, I mean, you just haven't been around nutrition long enough. It's a very much an iterative process where even if people take away one or two things for their diet it's it's a win if you have one or two transformations out of a nutrition challenge it's a win i I think people underestimate um how hard habit change is and they think that you know i'll design this perfect program and i'm gonna get a 100 success rate -uh. (laughs) nah no chance i think
0: i've asked you this before but Mm. if if an affiliate incorporates the 800 gram challenge Mm. How long does the average person continue doing it for?
2: It's mm, a great question. I, I would love to be able to have the stats on that. Just don't really have the bandwidth to follow up. A lot of times um, it just depends on how well the affiliate ran the challenge. Um, you know, I give a lot of materials and education around it, but if there's more of buzz and excitement around it and engagement that's often driven by the the coach that's leading it, I would imagine it would stick around with a, a bunch of people but if it's sort of like, ah, eh, check out this thing, and maybe it's something you want to look at, I would imagine that not many people stick with it.
0: Do you find that most of the affiliates that do it, the owner does it with them?
2: I hope so. Again, it's it's very much in their control of how much they want to be involved. I, in my materials, I suggest that the coach does it. I suggest that they get all the coaches on board. Um, and I think you've probably seen that at, at gyms where there's this kind of you know, almost battle among the coaches about nutrition. And it's like, guys, I don't think that's where the battle should be. I mean, if we're pushing people towards eating more, more whole foods, and you want to do it slightly lower carb, and you want to time it between certain windows, like, okay, (laughs) you know, like, let's try to find some common ground and work towards improvement. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you remember that old video from Castro talking about this is super old programming lecture talking about like how people are arguing about the deadlift setup. And it's like, yeah, that's really relevant for a very small percentage of the population. and Everyone else needs to be deadlifting. <laughs> Same thing, with nutrition. thing.
0: Yeah. And you can run that anywhere, right. At level ones. It's like, I like my feet here when I squat or yeah, I like this setup and I find myself these days at level ones and two, it's like, cool. Most mm-hmm. people, most of the time need to do this. Totally. Like this is, this is, um, where we need to start. All right, Trish has a real question. EC, is dried fruit a trap? Any potential issues with them?
2: Yeah, so I just always like to remind people that all foods can be part of a healthy diet. So certainly, we can have dried fruit. The the trap, if you will, with dried fruit is that the water has been removed. And if you've ever bought in a bag of dried mangoes, you understand the problem. Um, you can be finished the the entire bag in one sitting. But if you tried to eat all of that volume fresh, you wouldn't get through it all, right? So that's, you know, the trap of dried fruit is you end up consuming way more calories because there's no water weight to fill up on. And that's why it doesn't count for the 800 gram challenge. I first want to get you full on, on fresh fruit or, you know, frozen or canned, something that has the water weight and, um, not fruit. So
0: dried mango doesn't count. Mm -mm. I didn't,
2: is that, did you make that change? No, that's always been dried fruits, never been allowed on the 800 gram challenge. Oh wow! That's Have you been cool. doing it wrong all these years? So he's just
1: realizing he's never done it correctly.
2: Here's the I deal. Mean, in, fair,
0: in fairness, I don't think I've ever like signed up, committed yeah, to it. But correct. I mean, I believe in it. Right. Um, <laughs> at
1: the, Stay away from that trap.
0: <laughs> I I I bought some dried mango the other day, mm. and I was like, and I never it's something I don't often buy. But I was like, this is really good. And I, I don't get the it. stuff
2: with the, like the spices on it. Oh my God. No, really- no, I
0: got like the Whole Foods, like the 365. Yeah. It's, it literally just says like mango on it. Uh huh. And I was like, oh wow. Like, I, I was like, there's like 600 grams of mango in here.
2: <laughs> I was like,
0: this would be so easy. I was literally in my head thinking, this would be so easy to hit my 800 grams.
2: Yeah, you're going to have to go ahead and get, you know, the fresh mango or the frozen mango for that to count. How, what, why? Even though it's, if it's straight mango. It's, this, it's just the water weight. So some people, um, one of the reasons why the water weight, uh, sorry, why the 800 gram challenge is you know, effective is because we're filling you up on things that have low calories. And so just having that water weight and those large volume of fruits and vegetables sit in your stomach, some of what makes us feel full is the stretching of the stomach. There's mechanoreceptors in your stomach that's like, "Whoa, I've eaten." <laughs> yeah. And so it's it like helps my you rice, feel full. maybe makes you feel a little more full. Yeah, I mean, any food can really do that. There's lots of different factors that come into play in terms of hunger and satiety. So it's not just the stretching of the stomach. This is why you can't just drink water and, you know, feel full. But this is part of the reason why people uh, feel satisfied in the 800-gram challenge because you literally are filling up. Some of the other reasons is because there's fiber, so it stays in the stomach longer, so you have that feeling of fullness for longer. And it does have some caloric value, which your body picks up on as well, that it's not just water. Um, but yeah, with the dried mango, you can finish that whole bag. You'll have finished, I don't know, however many hundred calories. It was and... like,
0: yeah, very high um, calories. Yeah,
2: totally. And again, it's not bad, but we just have to remember that, you know, calories are a thing. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, Still. we we have to get all of the quality nutrients in the right amount of quantity for us. And that's hard to do on any processed food. And that's hard to do with a lot of dried fruit.
0: Trisha's another good one. Trisha's very, very smart. This woman. EC, how do you feel about Mm. low inflammation diets and testing for inflammatory foods? Is that bogus? It's, it seems that all bodies react differently to different foods.
2: Yeah. The anti-inflammatory diets are pretty much bogus. Um, You know, inflammation is one of those terms that just gets thrown around constantly of like, I don't know. It's inflammation. <laughs> it's like, okay, what does this mean now? It just becomes kind of like its own meme almost. Um, so yeah, you, you know, this idea that we all have these individual reactions to food, I think has also gotten a little bit skewed and those food sensitivity tests are totally bogus. Um, if you have any true food issue, you would need to have it diagnosed through an allergist or an immunologist MD um, with like an IgE test, not these IgG food sensitivity tests that are just, no, no.
0: Let's see. There's more. I'm trying to go through these questions here. Um, she's telling everybody, by the way, Trish is a big fan. If you have nutrition questions, now is <laughs> the time Trish. to ask. That burpee dude, what do you think of salt mm. An overconsumption of it? Does it actually cause bloating and water retention?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it certainly can. Um, so your body is always trying to regulate... It's not, they don't use the word concentration, but you can think about it as like the concentration of salt in the water in your body. And so, certainly, if you take in more salt, then your body's like, okay, well, then I have to retain some water to balance out this concentration. Um, I do think there's a pretty unnecessary and aggressive push for people to have more salt in their diet. The recommended amount of sodium is 2,300 milligrams per day. And most people are already in over 3,000 milligrams per day. Naturally, just eating. uh, Naturally by way of unnatural foods, right? So naturally by way of uh, a processed food diet. And, you know, 80% of our sodium consumption comes from either processed foods or restaurants. It's not from the salt on your kitchen table. So a lot of times people are like, I'm going to cut back on salt. And it's like, it's not the salt shaker that's doing this. It's anytime you go out to eat, it's anything that comes out of a box or a bag. There's a very, very small percentage of people who actually need to supplement with sodium. And it would truly be endurance athletes. And typically that's going to be Individuals who are sweating continuously for at least two hours plus.
0: <laughs> so you think you think things like element
2: mm. are just unnecessary. Now here's Element-y.
1: The, Element-y. Element-y. Here, Element.
2: Here's yeah. the nuance though. There are some, and this will be oftentimes within a CrossFitter crowd, and oftentimes um, within a very niche whole food community, anybody who takes paleo to the extreme like truly is doing poached salmon at home and raw spinach and you know broccoli and baked potato and not going out and nothing processed. no jerky, no whatever paleo chips. Um, that individual, if they're also active, they may they may need to supplement just because their food doesn't have it. But anybody who has any type of processed food and it can't even be these like healthy sweet potato chips or, you know, again, jerky or pre-made paleo dinner in the freezer, you're gonna be getting enough sodium. And so this is why measurement's useful. I mean, sodium has been on labels forever because it's, you know, related to hypertension. You can very quickly in a day, figure out what your sodium intake is.
0: Interesting. Okay, here's perhaps the best question I've seen in the chat. Uh Uh-oh. What about Chipotle? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> how often are you in Chipotle? I
2: don't know, once a week.
0: Do you really? What's your go-to? Is there going to be an EC bowl? Just a bowl, yeah, a bowl. No burrito.
2: Uh, so, you know, if I live dangerously on Fridays, maybe.
0: Oh, I like it. I like it. All right, let's let's um let's talk a little bit more about the implementation at, at the affiliate now. So, how frequently would you recommend coaches giving small nutrition talks at
2: the mm. affiliate? Yeah. Again, a little bit depending on, you know, their comfort level with it and their knowledge of this the information. Um, I, I think I shared a couple times and I don't remember if it's on, on your podcast or not. So when I was a member at CrossFit New England, Ben would when there was a shorter workout like Jackie when you know you're like oh gosh what the heck you do I do? Today. Yeah. yeah. What the heck do I do for an hour? How do I fill an hour after the workout not before is a great time to sometimes do some educational talks. It doesn't have to be every day of course. They can work on skill work some days or whatever. But some days you just sit down and talk about nutrition and what does healthy nutrition look like? And again some of the resources you like I think something like that once every other month can be a great place to start. I think oftentimes people try to jump in and be like, I'm going to do it every week or I'm going to do it every month. It's like, okay, let's just start with something really basic, touch points like that, and it can be really effective. Um, And same thing, I think Nicole at CrossFit Roots, I think she would pretty much do a quarterly... I think she did a quarterly nutrition something, which I think is a pretty aggressive schedule unless you have a full-time nutrition person on staff. And that can be a good goal to work towards. And maybe it is just kind of a chalk talk at night, or maybe it's something worked into the classes during the day.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I think, again, a lot of coaches are like, how do I fill that hour? Mm. And if seven to 10 minutes, and like you said, it's not every day, but yeah, Cody, what was your what was your Jackie time? He.
1: 822 cold just walk straight out of the house and into the garage
0: straight into it right you know but there's 10 minutes left i love that i know you've mentioned that before that ben did that i think that's that's really smart um i got a question
1: why 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 do it um at the end of class versus before you know i feel like at the at the beginning of class you you have people's attention right like they're all there i think they just
2: want to get to it totally
1: Well, yeah. I mean, just pose, posing the question here, I would like it after, but yeah. also you run the risk of people just fizzling out and they're gone.
2: They well. actually used to do that. Old school CrossFit would do um, stuff with like middle school and high school where it was post wad. they would sit them down to do homework and they found that their intention, attention actually yeah. improved. So I think I agree with Jason that people are going to be more worried about their transition time on Jackie and what their rower damper is than they are about carbs until after the workout.
1: Well, and I think, no. yeah,
0: you got, you, you, what's that, Cody?
1: Well, I was just going to say like, follow up to that, you know, playing devil's advocate. Is that just a culture thing though? Is that mm. the culture that you set at your box? It's like, okay. If, well, if, I we think do, I would... if this is how we do it and we do it regularly, then I think people expect it. Right.
2: Mm.
0: Sure. But I would push back the same thing and say, you could do that after a workout too. Mm. Like the culture should be, Hey, you're here for an hour. And I, I would imagine, you know, Ben's probably like, Hey, touch your toes. Let's talk about this. Like, go and do a straddle like grab a band like it's not just sit here and listen to me maybe once in a while it is but it's also if you do it at the right frequency they're they're gonna pay attention and yeah ben's a smart dude like he's giving like i think even though he's the owner and they probably got somewhat uh you know used to listening to ben talk they still know he's a smart guy and Mm -hmm. he's if he's talking, they should probably listen. He's probably going to give him something valuable. Um, for sure. Amanda C, what is your opinion on grains versus sprouted grains?
2: Hmm. Yeah, not necessary. Um, you know, if I love you... that. That's your answer for
0: ninety <laughs> percent of questions. Yeah,
2: I love it. It's so true, though. It is true. I mean, you know, it's certainly not going to make or break anybody's nutrition to any significant degree. I know there's discussion about bioavailability of nutrients, but the difference between the two is going to be negligible once we look at the whole diet and all the sources of it, all of all your vitamins and minerals. And so if you really love it, you know, go ahead and do it. Um, But it's just, I think something that we pay a lot of attention to before we start worrying about some of like the big players in our diet, which are total calories and then quality nutrients within those total calories. Yeah.
0: And by the way, this is what Trish had to say about your idea, Cody. <laughs> and, and she's, she's absolutely right. I'm more anxious about the workout, right? Trish is old school. She, know, she knows. Um, well, so far,
1: Trish, about... is, Trish is the only one who's paid me anything today. So
0: that is you know, true. She, 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 she
1: has, she has the ninety nine to voice her opinion.
0: <laughs> that is, that is true. Um, let's talk about supplements while Jason's asking. I mean, obviously CrossFit, you go to your level one, you hear about fish oil, that's it. Mm, okay. If what's, do you take any supplements currently?
1: No. Um,
2: I don't. Do you, I mean, you think she's well, going to
1: out herself right here on the podcast? I
2: mean, I, <laughs> I mean, take uh, 17 different, C, uh, uh, And use my code. No. Um, yeah. No, I don't. Cheerios, and are Cheerios a supplement? They're fortified. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't. And I don't have any broad recommendations for them. Now, I do want people to understand, and I. I'm very like true or whatever, believe this, is there are some cases where people do need to supplement. So the fact that I don't have broad supplementation recommendations does not mean that I don't think anybody should be taking supplements. And so vitamin D is a perfect example. I don't think that everybody needs to be taking X thousand IUs a day. In fact, the RDA is 800, but I digress. But there's lots of people out there who says everybody needs to be taking X amount. Uh, I disagree. I disagree. And this is why, in theory, we have so much push for personalization on nutrition, then everybody shouldn't just be taking a blanket supplement. And so if that would be necessary, yeah, you can get tested by your doctor and they can make a call about whether or not you should be supplementing that same thing with iron supplements or same thing with any of the essential nutrients, right? But I don't have a broad recommendation that um, people should be, all, everybody should be taking X supplement. And in fact, we find even something so simple as a multivitamin, which maybe, maybe, maybe I could potentially get on board with, that it doesn't seem to reduce risk for cardiovascular disease or cancer, which are two top killers in the US. So I mean, what the heck are we doing with all these supplements? Making money. Yeah. That's a big part
0: of it. And I think a lot of people take them in an effort to, you know, outsmart
2: a bad diet. Mm.
1: Yeah, One shortcut. Like, so, yeah.
2: And I, I hear that. And a lot of people are like, well, what about insurance? And in terms of, you know, nutrition, supplements are relatively low risk. Now, there certainly are more risks, I think, than people think. A lot of the supplements, because it's not a very well regulated industry, have contamination, i.e., Things that you don't think are in there are in there and or the levels that are on the back are not actually the levels in the product. Both could be higher and lower. Um, So but still supplements are relatively low risk. So people always are like, well, what about insurance? Um, You know, fine enough. But it just is like we're trying to get these essential nutrients in the diet, the vitamins and minerals. And we're also having to get total quantity, right? The calories and the macros. And so what happens with supplements is people will take this couple pills their stomach is not full because they're just little pills They don't fill them up. And so then we have all of this room to eat too much of the processed stuff. And so our balance of quality and quantity is still out of whack. We might have enough quality because of the micronutrients, but we also have too much quantity. So it's like, hey, let's think about those whole foods. Let's get a diverse array of whole foods. And in fact, it doesn't have to be that wildly diverse. I did a minimalist podcast that kind of proved the point. It doesn't have to be crazy amount of different fruits and veggies. Um, to get our bases covered, and that also helps fill us up, so that we don't overshoot quantity. You did was the minimalist podcast
0: about food or minimalism in general?
2: Yeah, the the premise was, and it was, it was kind of posed by a couple different questions, but um, it was basically how cheap and few number of foods can I put together to reach the RDA on all of the nutrients within like two thousand calories and one hundred twenty grams of protein.
0: And what you what'd you find? What was the answer?
2: It was pretty easy. It was like potatoes, spinach, oatmeal, milk, beef, or ground turkey, like sunflower seeds done.
0: And what what was the cost of that for a week?
2: I'm going to forget, but whatever. I mean, those are pre- relatively inexpensive foods, you know, potatoes, wow. ground turkey, spinach, <laughs> bananas. I don't know if bananas were in there or not, but yeah, I can, I mean, it's one of my episodes and I put out whatever was in it. Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. I'll check that out. I'm assuming you're gonna say yes, but protein powders count as a supplement?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Jason. Um, you know, classically, yes, they are, but that would be something that I would say I do supplement. When I think about supplements as you asked prior, I'm thinking about like, you know, multivitamins or I don't know, all these botanical extracts or, you know, whatever anti-inflammatory phytochemicals like resveratrol or turmeric. So Yes, that is a supplement, but that is one that I would recommend if somebody needs to um, use that to hit their protein target. I think that's a great way to do it.
0: How do you handle clients lying to you?
2: Hmm. <laughs> about their dietary intake?
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember Glassman like way back when it might've been the first level one I took. He's like, I don't ask you about your nutrition to add to, because I care about your nutrition. I ask because I want to find out if you're going to lie to me
2: because hmm. I can
0: tell, how, you know, he's... You know, something to the extent, you know, very Glassman esque, where it's like, I could tell how you eat by how you look, mm. you know, and and I, I still believe that some people will give you pushback. I'm on my journey and I'm losing weight. Like, okay, cool. There's always going to be outliers. But for the most part, if you look at someone, I mean, to the point, you know, I'm 44, I just saw like a bunch of my college friends. Mm. And they, you know, college friends are like, they can be like, 20 or they look like they're 120, mm. like based on how healthy they are. Mm. It's like, some of them are still relatively thin, but I'm like, you look old, like you look 80. Mm. How did you get to be, you know? So you, you can tell a lot of that. And then you just look at the physique. So you have clients that are clearly lying to you. Mm. How do you handle that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think this is where I kind of mentioned that I think we assume people are ready to talk, tackle nutrition and they might not be. And you know, nutrition is not an easy topic. There's a lot of things that are involved in nutrition. Like, yes, a lot of roads lead back to calories, but I don't start all nutrition lectures without calories. You know, if somebody is really stressed out and they're stress eating, um, you know, letting them know that it's a calorie balance is off is not helpful. It's not helpful. We have to figure out why you're stressed and how do we change the behavior around stress such that the response is not eating. It's like, you know, behavior therapy, really. Same thing, even like this is a popular topic um, that I get a lot is kind of menopause. You know, weight gain and menopause is actually related to calories in being more than calories out. But there's some very real symptoms that make those diet and lifestyle choices very hard to make, including insomnia. So again, somebody who hasn't slept in a year, I don't think I'm going to start with a calories lecture. Hey, why Mm -hmm. haven't you slept in a year? What's going on? Have you talked to your doctor about this? Can we figure out a therapy that will help you do that so that you can make a better choice? And so that's why... I'm not necessarily always big on the affiliate being like, you need to do nutrition because sometimes there's some other things that we need to address. So that nutrition will actually be successful for that person.
0: Yeah. And if, you know, I don't think she watches, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about this, but Roz and I had a, you know, baby, the babies come in. So we had oh, right. pregnancy pictures the other day. And the woman that took our pictures is obese. Right. And she's like, I was just like we got in the car and i was like man like that can't be comfortable mm. like that's and Roz is like i'm not comfortable i'm nine, nine months pregnant and i'm like well imagine living like that like i was like it cannot like it just can't be comfortable being 100 pounds or more overweight uh like when i gain eight pounds i'm like upset i'm like i'm moving slower my pull-ups you know my jackie time's in the eight minutes like cody's um <laughs> and but i you know and we were talking we're like no one wants to be like that Mm. so is there just the you know she was saying someone like her because we've never seen her eat like granted we're usually you know taking pictures so she's not going to be eating but she's also our doula so she like you know we we have meetings with her and i was like she's like at some point like you just you mess up your metabolism so bad Mm. like what like do you, mm-hmm. do you, it's not that. So no, is it just still like calories, is it just there, but, but we've both seen people that aren't eating enough.
2: Mm. The, I mean, that's the thing about eating is it's so, it's so you're not around the person all the time. You're not, you don't know their whole, all their behaviors and eating is one of those things that you can eat a lot of calories and not a lot of time based on processed foods. It's so easy to overeat. People are shocked when I say this, it, you can go to a cheesecake factory. It's impossible to get out of that place. If you truly do like a, you know, hors d'oeuvre meal dessert under less than 4,000 calories, easy, easy to oh, do. Oh yeah, I mean, the cheesecake itself is it's 2000, down, right? right. And let alone the meal and stuff. And so I think people underestimate how, how easy it is to overeat in a modern food environment. It's very, very easy. Yeah, and, and, um, and that I just new wanna, oh go ahead i just want to address nick like
0: nick i i know you've had a uh, phenomenal weight loss journey and and i know i i'm not trying to downplay it like i'm not like she's a bad person like part of me is like man when i see someone like that i want just like glassman like i've got the solution like if you listen to me like you know and it's i'm not, not that easy me, so no but you know we Look, if most people just did CrossFit three or four times a week, mm. eight relative, like simply did the 800 grams. Don't change mm. anything like you're suggesting, but get 800 grams in. It would be so impactful on their mm. life. And I agree. It's not that easy from um, an emotional, mental mm. standpoint. I I totally get that. Um, but I just want to help people. Like I see people like that. I'm like, I just want you to
2: be, feel better. Totally, totally. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to get too off track, but that no. new weight loss drug has gotten quite a lot of attention, semaglutide that's sold under Ozempic or Wegovi, And, you know, I think people underestimate the biological drive to overeat gets greater and greater the further you get away from a healthy weight. And so these drugs are actually quite useful if it's kind of... Um, like, I think people see it as like, everyone just needs to diet and exercise. And certainly the diet and exercise will help them for a variety of reasons. But if this is another tool that we can add in the bag, like calorically dense processed foods, the modern food environment is crushing us. And this is a way that we can help people overcome that. Um, And so I just sort of think while I am a big proponent of diet and exercise, and those are the tools that I have, and I would love for everyone to do that, that I think there's this idea that everyone just needs to start CrossFit and it'll just all go away. And it's like, it's not that easy. There's, and I don't like to cite animal studies because we all know there's flaws in animal studies, but they have studies that will look, take like rats, of course, and they'll give them the option to eat what would be considered healthy food or what would give them the option to eat, um, like what would be the equivalent of processed American, standard American diet, And they find that the rats will choose the processed food even if they have to withstand getting their foot shocked (laughs) <laughs> and or extreme cold temperatures over the freely available healthy food. Okay. I'll eat a Big Mac in, in the cold and get foot shock. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and that's the thing is, I think people don't understand quite this biological drive. And that gets, that whole system gets dysregulated the further and further away you get from a healthy weight. And I know we've kind of gotten off the track here, but no, this believe so me, I important. think CrossFit this is, is so important the incredibly box... powerful. And I love diet and exercise. I preach it day in and day out. But I think sometimes it's like, oh, just change your diet. And it's like, if it were that easy, we would be doing way better on the diet front. Like way I know, better on the diet front.
0: I know that's a struggle. I not nutrition wise, that mentality of like, just do this. I, I'm fully aware. And I think part of it, I had a really deep conversation with James Hobart mm. about it. And we were just, I'm like, I think when it's something you battle through and you've succeeded or you think you've succeeded, you're like, oh, anyone can do it.
2: Mm.
0: Right? And I, because I, I struggle with like, people like that are like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm this where it's like, I can't like, I'm like, man, I, I want to eat terrible. I want to go eat fast food just like you do. And I want to eat desserts. And I want to like, I never want to work out. Like there's not one day where I wake up and I'm like, <laughs> I'm excited to work out. Like I do because really? it it's like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate like I Hobart's coming on PK in uh, July, is it Cody? We'll talk about this when he comes on, but yeah, he'll yeah, remember. I we had a really July.
1: It's a uh, him and Austin are back to back. Yeah,
0: yeah, him and Austin are coming on. Um, Because I struggled because I've struggled. Mm-hmm.
2: Like I'm a fat kid. Like mm. if not, but for did cross- you? How much did you actually? Lose? I mean, you never a hundred pounds overweight. No, I was never. But better- I mean, at
0: my peak, I was probably like one. I mean, granted, I'm like one sixty right now, but I'm like I was one seventy when I wasn't as muscular. um, which I know it was like, it's
2: just not, not the, significant. yeah, it's just yeah not I get same. it.
0: But, but the point being, I could have easily gotten, I could have went to like 200. Yeah. I'm like, I, I stopped myself. Yeah. Um, so I, I know I struggle there. And I think the, the reason I bring it up is it is important. What you said to remember at an affiliate, I think we sometimes forget just because you're inside the walls of affiliate. These are just normal people that are coming into CrossFit. And we do have to remember that. And it's, I'm reminding myself, like, yeah, it's, it's not just as simple as like, hey, meat, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, a little starch, no sugar, keep intake. You know,
2: Here's the thing, though, five I, and, times and a week. I do want to piggyback on it. It's like one of the predictors of the most weight loss maintenance is exercise. Like, Believe me, CrossFit moves the needle on people's transformation, and a lot of it is because of they just get the foot in the door of consistent exercise, and then they're around a new community, and they develop the belief that they can do something hard, that is massive for them being able to make the nutrition change. So don't, I'm not downplaying that at all, but I do think that sometimes it's just this thought of like, well, they'll walk in the door. I'll give them this pamphlet about paleo and we're done. And it's like, ah. yeah, there's so, I mean, <laughs> even like I said
0: about eating two bananas when I was like 12, my mom probably has no recollection that she scarred me for life, you know? And it's like so many things It's you know, you know, and Nick and Mike, I know you're like on your journey. I've had my ups and downs, like, I'm pushing 165, which is, you know, my heaviest. Um, but, uh, you know, so I know it's a struggle and it and it's rarely about the food, right? It's mm-hmm. rarely like, like we said earlier, most people know meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds is the way to go. Um, and
2: I, I know this is in the level two manual now, and I think it's so true. And I just loved it when I was looking through it. It's like, one of the, the awesome things I just said about CrossFit is it instills the belief that you can do something. And that's the same thing that you need with the nutrition, that you have the ability to do this and to execute. And once you've proven it in the gym, it does become more easier to set up those habits. It's not foolproof, but like that's huge. That I I think a lot of times your your value as a coach again if you don't want to offer nutrition programs it it might be just by the way the fact that you've encouraged and instilled your in your members that you can do hard things and you're setting them well up for nutrition even if you don't have you know six perfect lectures about carbohydrates you know metabolism and
0: and it's 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 funny you say that because you know it's that's why i work that's my mom texting me actually you could you hear that did you yeah. know that sound? That's it's literally my mom. Yeah, she's
1: she's call- calling you telling you not to eat that second banana.
0: It, just, hopefully <laughs> she texted me. So I know she's not listening to the show. Um, the the working out first, like I work, I wake up and work out first thing. And you're right. It's like, I, I never am excited to work out. I'm tired. I've got plenty of other things I'd rather do. I'm by myself. But yeah, it's like that little win. And then you're right. It becomes, well, I worked out. I might as well not eat like an asshole today. Right. So it is a lot of that. Um, speaking of, do you see Jocko partnered with uh CrossFit?
2: Oh, cool. What are they oh, yeah. with the army thing?
0: No, I mean, he's just, uh, his drink is in the APN now. I oh, believe. okay. Okay. And, and Dave's going to be on the Jocko podcast okay. uh, now or shortly. Uh, there, there's some good questions in there, mm. but, uh, uh, Nick and Mike and anyone that's, you know, on the struggle bus, like I am, hit me up. We can certainly talk more about it. Hold, you know, one another accountable. Uh, it's uh, yeah, Trish. You're welcome to come on the podcast anytime. Let me pull up these starboards. ones. Um, what about low carb with CrossFit?
2: Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of that. So, um, if you've looked at the What Is Fitness lecture, a lot of it talks about the metabolic pathways. One of which is the glycolytic pathway, which is where we love to be in CrossFit. It's the high intensity pathway. It's the 800 meter sprinter that runs on carbs. There's no getting around that. There's no getting around metabolism that if you want to produce energy in the glycolytic pathway, it's, it runs off of carbs. And so this is why carbs can be part of um, a healthy diet and they can be part of a healthy diet for a or even who wants to lose weight. I do think we do get a little bit lost in qualitative terms. Um, meaning You know, when you hear low carbs, sometimes people automatically think that that has to be like below 50 grams of carbs a day, when in reality, a lot of people are eating over 400 grams of carbs a day. So maybe we need to be lower than where we are, but we don't have to be low in the sense of, you know, keto or below 50 grams a day, that you might be in the 200, 250 range, and that's lower than where you were, and also very normal and can be very healthy, assuming the rest of the diet aligns with your needs. So... Oftentimes people have to be lower than where they are, but not low carb in the sense of what's often put out there in terms of the absolute numbers.
0: Amanda C., what do you recommend when clients talk about their eating habits and you know they're mm. very unhealthy, like a disorder?
2: Yeah, I would try to, um, especially if there are in a direct conversation with you and it's very clear, I would potentially, I would definitely try to say, have you talked to somebody, have you talked to a qualified professional about this? Could be a nutritionist, a registered dietitian, or could be an MD, for sure. And I think it's basically, great to be able to just offer that right away.
0: Not in your scope?
2: Oh, yeah. Not not basically... in the trainer's scope at all for, disordered, um, for eating disorders. Because I all. think that's
0: similar to what I was talking about. It's like, mm. you think it's as simple as like, well... You should eat more
2: and this is this is why we have professionals that have spent like and i i've had people who um they don't come to my master class for eating disorders of course but they'll ask about emotional eating and like is this appropriate for that and i'm like no i'm not qualified in that now i think you know there are emotions it always ranges the spectrum of like you know whether this is a really severe thing a disordered eating or true eating disorder But, you know, we have to be really clear about what our scope is. And if if you're not trained to deal with eating disorders, which again would be like a registered dietitian or an MD, it's just not appropriate to start opining about what they should be doing.
0: Well, with that being said, Mm. someone takes their level one, we already get pushback that this isn't enough, right? Mm. And as someone who is integral in creating the manual and all that stuff, I think you would believe like this is more than your average ACE, NASM, Mm -mm etc. But there's only a... Fifty-minute lecture on nutrition. Yeah. So, where is that line for level one trainers at for what point nutrition? Is it, yeah. At what point is it you shouldn't even be talking about this?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and I think um, you know, of course, I'm not a lawyer. You have to look up in your states and what's allowed. Also, okay, yes, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but. A lot of times, if it's something that you could say to everybody and falls in line of basic health and wellness, something that would be found in the USDA guidelines, which I know everybody thinks is wrong and terrible, but I would suggest that you actually haven't looked at the recent ones. Uh, If it's something that's like fruits and vegetables are good for you, too much, too many calories adds weight, something that I could say to anybody without any directive of go eat this, that generally is allowed in a lot of states. It's under basic health and wellness coaching and it's not regulated. But I do think even in that case, coaches need to be very aware of what they know, because these nutrition conversations get very um, personal and get very into the metabolism, or I'm sorry, biomarkers quite quickly. You know, you might be like, oh, fruits and vegetables are good. Check out the 800 gram challenge. And somebody will be like, well, I'm diabetic. Should I do it? And it's like, well, hold on. That's outside of scope for you. That's outside Mm -hmm. of scope, right? Or, well, my fasting glucose was high. What should I do? It's like, oh, outside of scope for a trainer. Oh, let's talk to your MD.
0: I th- you know, and I think more trainers, coaches need to be willing to say that.
2: People respect you for it. And there's been, I have, have multiple cases where, you know, um, based on the, like either online, because I can't offer advice personally on a condition over DM. Like, I, I don't know you, yeah. like, I don't know the whole picture. How am I supposed to, even if it would be something that would be in my scope, I still can't do that. And there's been more than one occasion when I am, so glad that I you know, didn't try to offer an opinion because they did go to an MD and it turned out to be something that needed to be followed up on in various ways. And it's like, people really respect you for that. You know, it's like, you know, you can serve, and this is the other thing too, About think about it like in terms of CrossFit, how many lives are changed simply from pull-ups and squats. And you don't have to give a gosh darn lecture about, you know, the phosphagen, the phosphocreatine pathway, right? You can have a service in nutrition coaching that's very based on a, a proper scope without having to opine on thyroid and insulin and leave that for the people that have the credentials to do so.
0: Let's uh, bring up Jason C. He's asked some good ones. How would you handle people with insulin resistance?
2: Yeah, so if it's something that's, you know, typically, we're going to be talking about somebody um, like a type two diabetic, and so they would then have a diagnosis from their doctor, they need to be getting approved through that person for what to be eating specifically. Um, And so this is where you kind of have to draw that line of like, if somebody has a health condition, you really can't be making specific recommendations about what they should do. Um, And so that's what I would say, I mean, insulin resistance is an interesting one, because that's not a diagnosis. Typically, from a general standpoint, when we're looking at insulin resistance as a quantity thing, too often in the media, it's been conveyed as just a high carb thing, when really excess fat also contributes to insulin resistance, which unfortunately, does not get as much popularity as the carb thing. Um, And so it really comes down to controlling proper quantity. And you'll even see this with the American Diabetes Association, their recommendations are about quantity, they're not about just lowering carbs.
0: What's one thing about nutrition you used to believe that you don't Oh,
2: God, that list is long. I mean, you know, I didn't eat bananas forever. You know, I I believe vegetable oils were terrible. Um, You name it. You Keep listing the things. (laughs) I thought low carb was always better. Yeah.
0: Let's ask Lifetime Dan's question. On the topic of eating disorders, what are some behaviors you look for to determine if someone Mm. falls under this is a disorder? Dan works at Lifetime... So thousands of people, Mm. you know, in and out the doors every day.
2: Yeah. I mean, definitely dramatic weight loss, um, or a physique that clearly is leaner, um, than what would be considered an average or a healthy range, which I know is so generic, but I think there's times when you're like, okay, this person's lost a lot of weight continuously in a direction, especially over a shorter period of time is is a red flag for sure. Um, it's hard. I think, um, unless you're really having conversations about it too, to pick up on some of the other stuff, just the behaviors or what they say about food or how they eat or rules around food would be other red flags. But I think a lot of times if you're kind of a gym owner and it's just people kind of walking in and out the door, it's really going to be based off of a physique, which unfortunately is not always accurate. Some people are just, their genetics also have them very lean. And so that's why I kind of put in the caveat of the of, of lost weight progression. Cool.
0: Would you change this? Would you change mm. eat meats, vegetables? Like looking back on... The first two sentences: meats, vegetables, nut seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Keep intake. Would you change any of that now?
2: Um, you know, I think, I think we get a little tied to thinking that that needed to be everything that Greg intended ever with nutrition. You know, like to think that I'm going to summarize all of fitness and nutrition in a hundred words and have it be perfect to the letter of the law in all cases. Um. I think is a bit a bit of a stretch. I think it's beautiful as it is for what it is. You know, it's a very simple way to describe nutrition in a very broad brush way that's going to really guide people towards eating a diet that's balanced in quality and quantity. Do I think that we have to be letter of the law? No sugar. No. (laughs) Did you
0: Did you see the backlash when this Mm. is probably six months ago? What happened? CrossFit CrossFit put up fitness in one hundred words you know, it's been around for 20 years now. And, you know, the, the new wave of influencers out there, like attacked it, the no sugar piece. Oh, said, okay. Cody, did you see that when it happened? Everybody in the chat see that? You know, go, this was six months ago, obviously coached and posted, whoever's right. running, you know, and people got really bent out of shape about it. But I'm like, my attitude is, you know, the world is sick right now. Mm. If, if If people like you just said, ate mostly this way right we'd be eliminating chronic you know not eliminating but certainly helping you know chronic disease mm. like if, if my parents said i'm you know what i'm gonna try this for mother, mother like yeah do that like yeah what,
2: what I, it I think is, it, again i think people just get so attached to every literal translation of everything like you know, you summarize nutrition in a sentence. Let's see your stab 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just sort of like, guys, I mean, come on. Do you, again, would I potentially change it and modify it slightly to like, keep, you know, uh eat mostly meat and vegetables and whole food protein sources, nuts and seeds, some fruit and starch, and keep sugar to a quantity that is appropriate for your caloric need. I mean, sure, but I, you know, like now we got fitness
0: in a hundred and, (laughs) you know, 14 words. Yeah, I mean
2: the, the second sentence actually what often gets overlooked is perhaps what really makes it elegant. Like keep intake to levels that support exercise but not body fat. Right, and somehow that gets lost along the way. But it's just like, guys, this is fitness in hundred words. This wasn't in the encyclopedia. This wasn't a textbook. This is a very broad brush way to explain what CrossFit is, what fitness is, and how to accomplish your goals. Let's not worry, like, let's not wordsmith this thing to death as though it's well, I don't know, you know, written and digging in stone. deeper.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he wrote it in probably 2001 era,
2: and it's awesome. It's to, awesome to for talk what to it like is. his
0: his 50 members at the time, you know, totally. not realizing. 20 years from now, social media wouldn't, and there'd be millions of CrossFitters, right? So, uh, totally.
2: I mean, think about everything that you wrote 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, wordsmithing it to death.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And I think also people just argue about nonsense, right? They're arguing their perspectives, like, but fruit, sugar, it's like, okay, that's yeah. not what we're saying here, right? Right. right. Um, uh, any other questions in the chat or anything else for EC? I've got a couple. Um, let me ask you this, EC, fun question. Okay. Your top three favorite movies of all time?
2: Oh wow! I, everyone's gonna be let down because I'm. No, come on! No, I want to. I
0: feel like as much as I know you, I don't like. I don't know you.
2: I know. I want to well, know a little more? I'm pr- the, the problem man, is, is like, like media. Steve, media, I don't Steve really absorb. Deal. You know, like I'm not like, like that. I'm not like a mu- music buff. I'm not a movie buff. So I'm even struggling to think of the last movie I saw.
0: There's no like um, Rudy story about synchronized swimming out there, like (laughs) a great comeback story. Like she could, she wasn't gonna be able to hold her breath, and then she held her breath and.
2: No, my new current, my new current pastime is pickleball. So you know, I don't have any a lot of movie watching happening. I don't know three top movies. I honestly would have to think about. I don't even know if I've seen three movies in the last year, last five years.
1: Uh (laughs) Did, did, Did we lose Jay?
2: oh we lost jay
1: oh well, i think he's gone he's just gone. like that
2: he just decided to tap out and was like done with this show
1: are there yes. any other questions in the
2: chat you want oh, me to there answer we there we go There oh, I'm I'm back. Back. um you you said something are you playing
0: pickleball right now
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah are you into it how'd you get into a pickleball with your parents
2: <laughs> no just
0: <laughs> because just you're your parents again right <laughs>
2: Right, no, just yeah, right. Um, just decided to do something random like pickleball. Why not just sweeping I love, the nation, I mean, Jay? <laughs> like, I
0: mean, Dan, who asked that question about eating. I mean, he works at Lifetime. Roz coaches at Lifetime. Um, but it's we pickleball is huge there. Dan knows. He just commented. Dan, although I've never seen you play, uh, our mutual friend Brian there super competitive pickleball is so much fun. I'll give you something to watch later. I'll give you something while you're on YouTube later. Um, checking out Campbell with Steve.
2: That's right.
0: Um, McEnroe, Agassiz, Michael Chang, and um, who's it? There? Andy Roddick played doubles in pickleball, and it, they were amazing. I'm sure watching them. Amazing. Um, cool. Well, if there's no other questions, that was fantastic. Oh, you know, I could ask you a billion questions about nutrition, but I know most of them are going to be, you know try it see what works it's, you know but but it's true and i think it's i think that's what's valuable for everyone to see it's um it's it's really a cookie cutter approach yeah right i think it's kind of like crossfit like show up do the wad we'll scale it as needed thanks mike mike just shot you five dollars cody um
1: that's what thank I'm you mike. About, mike
0: what's with the new uh beaver picture mike and um you know, you come in, we'll scale it, we'll, we'll make it work for you. And nutrition's the same. Like those first two sentences are pretty broad, but if you kind of stick with that, and if you want a bowl of Cheerios here, or you want, you know, to make sure you get 800 grams here. Um, I think that's a, uh, I think that's fantastic.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for having
0: um, me on. Yeah. The, and before you wrap up, yeah, the pickleball craze, <gasps> I think it started because it's just, you don't have to be super athletic to be good like to enjoy it. Like you can literally walk on the court and play for your first time. Um, totally. So before we leave, 800 gram challenge, Cody, will you bring up the web, uh the master class again? Mm. Let's ask you a couple of questions about the master class cuz mm. if anybody wants to learn a little bit more, t- talk us through. Somebody signs up, what's it like when they get started? Um, is is it ongoing?
2: Yeah. Is there
0: a new one starting? So tell us a little more about it.
2: Yeah, so it's actually only three times a year, um, but I do offer it for coaches and I do offer it for individuals, January, April, and the next one will be September. Um, But it's 10 weeks. We go through a phase progression, looking at quality in the diet, looking at protein in the diet, and looking at total calories. And I'm heavily involved. So there's live calls, but there's also a group where I am there accessible, very, very at the ready to help people kind of through the program with their questions as they're experiencing it and understanding how to align their diet to whether they have weight, health, or fitness goals. Did we lose him again? Is it,
1: he is gone. <laughs> I, I, I was on the other screen. I know, I didn't I even like,
2: he's not just <laughs>
0: looking. Sorry, I'm still here. Sorry. Oh, okay. Am I here? Yeah, you're they're here. They're doing, I think they're doing, Like they're oh. paving the road. We're at a new build. I don't know if they hit our internet one more time. So let's wrap up before I get cut off. EC, thanks for coming on. Yeah. We will throw the uh, link to that masterclass. Uh, make sure you check that out check out the 800 gram challenge and then optimize me nutrition if you want to see ec's uh refrigerator you have a great pad uh podcast with uh with pat and um you're still doing the workout thing every day let's do it do the damn thing every day every day so uh we appreciate it thanks so much for coming on yeah see you guys tomorrow on the progression
1: yep see you guys tomorrow